few years ago, I was visiting with a young lady who was in great distress. She shared that she was searching for what the Lord had called her to. She went on in great detail about how she's searching for not just what God is calling to her to, but the one thing that God is calling her to, as if there were just one thing that was hidden that God had for her to just pray and, and uh, shake her fist, not at heaven, but I guess, why can't I get it? She's in tremendous distress, wondering if she was obedient to God's call, why was she deaf to it? What was God's call in her life? We're in the second week of a five-week sermon series on our values as a church. Last week, we talked about our first value, which is uh, the value of a new identity in Jesus Christ. That in Christ, we are a new creation, a royal priesthood, a new, a new people. Uh, the Bible says, once we were not a people, and now we are a people. We are God's chosen people, that God has called us out of darkness and into his most marvelous light. That is who we are. We are not the things that we do. We are not the old self. All those we, are, we are not our mistakes. We are not defined by those things. Um, that was our, our, our first uh, value as a church, is that we have a new identity in Christ. We need to not feel shame for those things that we have uh, confessed to the Lord. He has separated our sin from us as far as the east is from the west. And some of us are still living in our old identity. We still hear the word of the accuser about who we are or who we were before God has called us his own children. But the reality is God has demonstrated his love for us by sending his son to die for us. It's not just this abstract concept. We have been bought by his own blood. He has demonstrated his love for us. So our identity is in Jesus Christ. We can rest in that, our security, our satisfaction, our delight, our legacy is in Christ's. We are Christ's beloved son or daughter. We are his and he is ours. And our second value is almost inextricably linked to the first value. Because we have a new identity, in Christ we have a new purpose. We are new people. We are a new creation. And because of that, we have a new purpose in Jesus Christ. The old self is gone. God has called us to a new life in him. Again, going back to that beautiful passage from 1 Peter chapter 2. We are a new creation, a new nation, a royal priesthood, a people. So just as we have a new identity in Jesus Christ, we also have a new purpose in Jesus Christ. We're going to look at that today. Honestly, this is, this is a topic best covered in maybe a 12-part sermon series. That's right. I'm going to try to talk about the purpose of life in one Sunday morning. So uh, wish me luck, please. Have you ever been in the shoes of that young lady? Stressed out, anxious, wondering what it is that the Lord is calling you to do. I've been there. I went to a Christian college, and all of us were there. We, we, we were like, God, what is the one thing? Like, what is the one career? What should we study? What, what is it that you are calling us to? We wrung our hands, almost literally, and we wondered what specific career God wanted us to pursue. And I'll shamefully admit to scorning those who 
sought careers that were uh, well-paying. I was like, ah, I'm the real Christian who doesn't care about money. I'm going to go serve. <coughs> I don't know. I thought real Christians were selfless and, and, and didn't care about money. Um, and of course, like th- that somehow Christian vocation was limited to those uh, things that where you serve other people, um, very evidently serve other people, because we're going to get to that. So I understood where this young woman was coming from, because that was me at one point in my life. If you haven't ever experienced the story from the wonderful publication that is called the Babylon Bee, uh, I, I'm sorry, it's a beautiful website filled with Christian satire. Satire meaning it's literally fake news, it's made up stories made to make us laugh, but it's just close enough to the truth that it's believable. And there was a story in the Babylon Bee a couple years ago. The headline was this, man sitting literally three feet away from a Bible asks God to speak to him. According to sources, here's the story. According to sources, local man Steve Harrison fervently prayed Thursday that the Lord would speak to him and make his will for that man's life clear, all while sitting literally three feet away from God's word as revealed in the Bible. Father God, if you would just speak to me, Father God, Harrison prayed as God's prophetic word made more sure, sat just on the other side of the table at which he was seated. If you would just show me your plan for my life and just reveal your truth to me, Father God, he continued, somehow missing the fact that God's truth had already been perfectly revealed to him in the scriptures. I just really need for you to speak personally to me, Lord. At publishing time, sources had confirmed that a frustrated Harrison eventually gave up on trying to hear God's words and resigned himself to just reading the Bible instead. See, God's will for our lives is no secret. It's in the plain words of Scripture. God has made his will for us clear in the words of Scripture. His purpose for our lives is clear because he not only wants to save us from hell, he wants to transform our lives. So what does Scripture say about God's purpose for us? Well, our identity in Christ is linked to our new purpose. Uh, We looked at this verse last week. I said it already, but let's look one more time at 1 Peter. Uh, This isn't in your your bulletin. Uh, 1 Peter uh, 2, verses 9. There there are seminary courses that spend a month just on this one verse because there's so much packed in there. Peter wrote, but you, you. Can can, can we hear this as, as you, like not some people in the Bible times? You. This morning, can you hear this? You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Can you hear how linked these things are? Our identity and our purpose? Peter says, you are a new people. You are God's beloved. You are God's chosen. You are God's delight. Why? So that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Those are linked. 
who we are is linked to what we do, what we are called to, to our new purpose in Jesus Christ. Why has God called us out of darkness? So that we can testify to others about the power of the God who changed our lives, who gave us new life. We have a similar sounding passage from the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 5. This is one you, you may be familiar to you. Paul wrote, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. Can you see how Peter and Paul were on the same page here? Our identity is linked to our new purpose. We are called a new people. We are a new creation. Why? Because God is making his appeal to the world through us. God has called us into new life in him, not as a reward for a job well done, but so that we could proclaim and testify to the Lord who has transformed our life because God is making his appeal to the world through us through you and me. But that's not all. God's appeal to the world is multifaceted. And it is rooted in something called the doctrine of vocation. God has called us to love and to serve our neighbors, and he has called us to do that through our work. Our new purpose in him is to delight in the Lord and to worship him in the work that we do. Back in college, when I was foolish enough to think that there was one thing that God had for me, I was foolish enough to think that there were some vocations that were secular and some that were spiritual. But I was thinking way too small. God has something for you every single bit of work that you do. There, in fact, isn't really, it's a false division to say that there's a division be, between secular and spiritual vocations. If you are in Christ, you are called to a spiritual vocation. And all this is rooted in the truth that is articulated to us by the great reformer Martin Luther. He wrote, God doesn't need your good works. Your neighbor does. When we pray, give us this day our daily bread, God could provide bread from heaven just like he did for his people in the wilderness when he delivered manna from heaven. God could deliver bread from heaven. But instead, God uses very ordinary means of farmers and truckers and bakers, and retailers, and cashiers. And of course, we drive to the store. God uses cashiers at gas stations for us to, and, and automakers. 
that by making automobiles and selling gas and farming grain, we are, we are fulfilling our God-ordained vocations by loving and serving our neighbor, by work. God could have decided to fill the earth with people created from the dust of the earth, just like he did with Adam. But he, instead, he called many of you to the spiritual vocation of parenthood, of fatherhood, and motherhood. I bet you haven't given a lot of thought to changing diapers being a spiritual thing. But it is. We pray for those who are sick, asking the Lord to heal them, and the Lord could heal them. But we also have much more conventional means of medicine that God administers through doctors and nurses and receptionists and medical researchers. And even um, the, the, the construction workers who build the hospitals and the valets who park the cars. We're serving God. These people are serving God and their neighbors through these means. Our new purpose in Jesus Christ gives significance to the work that we do. Whether we are raising children or whether we are working in the drive-thru at McDonald's. There's a tremendous dignity in almost all work that's out there today. And as Christians, we should find our work to be significant. With our new purpose in Jesus Christ, we can be confident that we are serving him as we serve others. But I want to get back to the idea also of God making his appeal to the world through us. Because I believe that God is calling you and me to more than just whistling while we work. God is calling us to be his ambassadors in the world. This means that as we love our neighbor, we are showing them the love of God. That in our neighborhoods, and every, the whole point of the, the parable of the Good Samaritan was, was showing that our neighbors are not just those who, are, who live near us, they're anybody that we encounter in life. And God is calling us to show God's love to our neighbors. We are introducing them to the love of the Father as we demonstrate the Father's love to them. Unconditional love. Love for sinners. We're also changing our lifestyles to reach out to those who don't know Jesus. God's heart is a heart for sinners. Remember that Jesus was criticized for eating and drinking with sinners. This was a criticism that the religious establishment hurled at him. That he, he prioritized sinners. He went out of his way to be a friend to sinners. Of course, it wasn't just reveling in sin. He was always calling them to new life in him. But he prioritized sinners. Don't you think this is something that we ought to imitate This is part of our new purpose in Christ Jesus. We have a new purpose to bring the gospel to those who don't know Jesus. There was an associate pastor at a, at a rather large multi-staff church, and he felt like he was in a bit of a rut at work. And so he went to the senior pastor and he said, I kind of feel like I should step away from full-time ministry. I'm going to stay on part-time at the church. What I would really like to do is I'd like to go work at a local coffee shop. He's kind of surprised that the pastor was actually into the idea. Like, that sounds great. And you know what? 
Over the year that he worked at that coffee shop, he encountered far more sinners, far more people who didn't know Jesus than he encountered on staff at church. So not only was he serving others by, by serving them hot, delicious, caffeinated beverages, but he was showing them the love of God that maybe they didn't realize. People have all kinds of misconceptions about God and about believers, that we are people who, who are condemning. God, Jesus, God didn't send Jesus into the world to condemn the world, but he sent Jesus into the world so that the world might be saved. Um, this year, Dane and I got a chance to hear a wonderful speaker at the men's retreat. He shared that when he and his wife moved to a new town, that their new purpose in Jesus Christ reoriented every decision they made. They bought a house that was near a coffee shop because they wanted to be able to have a public place where they would encounter people who don't know Jesus. They made sure they left room in their budget so that they could afford to go to the coffee shop once a week. They studied the, the patterns of the coffee shop and, and realized that there are certain times that are busier and certain times that are slower. And they said, we're going to go every, every, twice a week during the slow times so that we could build a relationship with these people who don't know Jesus. And over time, that's what it was. They didn't walk in there and hand out a tract. They didn't walk in out there and, and um, lead with Jesus is calling you to new life. They were just showing God's love. They were just building relationships, building friendships. And what do friends do? They talk about their lives. So over the course of many months, the, the baristas learned that they hosted a Bible study at their house. And would you believe it if I told you that they didn't even have to invite the baristas to the Bible study? That after months and months and months of just being a friend, that the barista was like, can I come to your Bible study? Do you believe that it can be this easy? I've, I've invited, invited literally a million people to come to church here. Well, not literally, but I've invited a lot of people. But can you believe that by extending God's love just relationally, that people may actually start asking us, tell me about this church that you go to. Oh, you, you go there every Sunday? Like, we try to meet up for breakfast and you can't do it because you're at church. Okay, can I come? Our new purpose in Jesus Christ is to love others, to love others with the love of the Father who wants to see his children in a restored relationship with him. And here's the beautiful thing, is that we are not alone. The Holy Spirit goes before us. All we have to do is be obedient to God's call to love others and to, to reach out in the name of Jesus and to share the gospel. Do you know that there are Christian traditions where they actually carry on their Bibles and they write the names of the people that they feel like they've converted inside their Bibles, like it's like a, a notch on their belt, as if it had anything to do with that person? No, no, no. All we do is be obedient to God's call. It's the Lord who goes before us and works in their hearts to change people's hearts. I will never take credit for, for con converting a person because it's not me that does the converting. It's the Lord. God is just calling us to do the work, to be obedient to that call, to this new purpose in him. And he will do the work in the hearts of those that we reach out to. God changes hearts. Isn't this an empowering message? 
Because we can, we, can, we can do this work without fear of failure. Because it's God that does the work in their hearts. Today we're going to sing a new song. We don't have many hymns about work. But our new purpose in, in Christ is to have a new significance in work. So if, if you'd just turn to page 18 and just glance at this song that we're going to sing. It's a very simple song. I was hesitant to use it because it sounds a little bit more like the Avett Brothers than it does um, a, kind of a, a church song. Um, but as I listen to it and as I just sing those words, um, it's, it's quoting not only Isaiah, the chapter, your work is not in vain, comes from Isaiah, but it's also the last verse of, of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, that Paul says, your labor is not in vain. This refers to our, our outreach on behalf of Jesus Christ, and this refers to our labor and our daily work as we are, whatever it is that we're doing, changing diapers, driving nails, driving a truck, whatever that we do, our labor is not in vain. Why? Why? What does that chorus repeat? For I am with you, these words from God. God is with us. Our labor is never in vain, for God is with us. And that's enough. can reach out in his name without failure. We can, we can work almost any job without wringing our hands and wondering if the Lord is truly calling us to this particular thing because the Lord has something for us in that. That we can embrace this new life in Jesus Christ and this new purpose without fear of failure for our labor is never in vain because God is with us. So will you join me in dedicating your life to a new purpose of serving others, to love others with the God's love, and to be God's ambassador because God is making his appeal to the world through you? Let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd give us the strength um, to sustain us on this journey, Lord. Lord, give us strength and reminders, Lord, that our identity is in you, that we are not failures or successes based on the merits of our work, of our financial portfolio, based on our number of Facebook friends or Instagram followers or whatever it is that we have built up in our minds to be what's important, Lord. Lord, help us to know our identity, to be your beloved child, and Lord, we pray that you would, your spirit would work in our hearts to give us this new purpose. Lord, unite our hearts, turn them to you, transform them. Give us the strength to live out this new vocation in you, Jesus Christ. Amen.